Hi there, this is Michael from Amazing FBA and welcome to Practical Hacks. If you subscribe to the philosophy that done is better than perfect, you're going to love these little hacks. Do you want to grow your business bigger and faster? A free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find missed golden opportunities. I generally charge per hour, but this would be free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing a few thousand dollars a month in sales already. Just visit myamazonaudit.com. That's M-Y-Amazonaudit.com. Hey folks, this is Michael Vesey from Amazing FBA and the 10K Collective Podcast. So a question that gets asked a lot by Amazon sellers all the time really is, why have my Amazon sales dropped? So I'm going to try and answer that question or rather give you a checklist of questions you can go through to answer that question for yourself. But I also want to challenge you to ask you whether that's even a good question to be asking. And there's a bit of mindset stuff behind that, which we'll explore in a second. So let's go. First of all, it's obvious that Amazon sales are kind of critical if you sell on Amazon, or in fact, if you're an e-commerce operator that is multi-channel, Amazon is likely, if it's part of the mix at all, to be a significant sales channel for you. Obviously, I've got massive background with this. I've experienced the thing of owning a, an e-commerce store and selling on Amazon and wondering what the heck happened to your sales day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, whatever your time frame, there can always be down periods that can be very worrying. And of course, my seller friends always asking this in little PM chats we've got with each other or on Facebook groups. And it's no different for my mastermind sellers either. Some of them are seven-figure sellers who've been in business for years and they still come and ask in this kind of question. So let's get into this. First of all, the emotions that we, we talked about that should be put to one side. It's not like you can just pretend you're a robot, uh, but it's important to, whilst feeling bad or whatever you feel, to just try and put that to one side and be objective. Really important. So let's think about first thing, seasonality. It, it's kind of obvious, but if you sell a product that sells like crazy at Christmas, if it's January, it's probably going to be awful sales. Now, if you've been selling the same kind of products for a number of years, you will see in this seasonality. If it's new to you, even if you're a very experienced operator, but you're in a new market, for example, you start selling summer clothing or camping equipment, and you're used to massive Q4 spikes in Christmas, well, guess what? It's cold in Europe and North America, in the wrong bits of North America anyway, in the winter. And so you're not going to sell so much camping gear or hiking gear in uh, Christmas as you would say chocolates, for example. And it sounds obvious, but sometimes that can be alarming. So you need to just see that coming. And one thing that people often try and, and create as a sort of ideal for their business is to have a business that is totally balanced in seasonality so that it has a spike in the summer because they sell some products like camping gear and then they sell Christmas gifts. So it have a spike at Christmas and it balances out. That's a nice theory, but I don't actually know many businesses that work that way. Most businesses that are really super successful and growing that I've worked with over the years actually embrace the seasonality and plan for it. They plan their cash flow, they plan their stock planning, and they also plan mentally for the fact that if they sell a lot in December and, and November, particularly Black Friday, Cyber Monday, they will have a peak there and they need to plan they need to put staff and et cetera in place. 
and they accept that January is going to be debt because there has to be balance. So see it coming. Stock, cash flow, staffing. Next thing, Amazon algorithm changes. Hmm. Now look, they happen. Uh, if your product gets de-indexed, if it's if the listing's suspended, I mean, if you suddenly see your sales go to zero, then yes, that could be a listing suspension. You've got to keep an eye on these things and we will keep you updated. But what encourage you not to over-obsess about the Amazon algorithm. I'm not saying you shouldn't keep an eye on it, but fundamentally, the more efficiently the algorithm serves the customers, the less you should have to worry about it. Meaning if you are creating a great value product that solves a really specific problem for a particular customer, then I think you should be okay when there are minor tweaks to the algorithm. If you're depending on keyword stuffing or weird kind of hacks, you're going to be in more trouble. So recent algorithm changes that have been really significant have been around the reviews. So the review count in some cases, it's a bit of a sort of beta thing that are being rolling out at the time of recording in mid-October 2023. Sometimes a review count has been taken away. And so then these against other competitors that you might have without a lot of reviews is suddenly taken away. So that is something that I guess, you know, can be one of the big changes that I've seen recently as an example. If that's the case, then, well, the average rating is still really important. So make sure you keep working very, very hard on gathering reviews. And there's lots of ways you can look into that. But I guess we're, we're trying to answer the question, why in this episode, right? Why are the sales dropped? If there's been a change to the reviews, in your particular sector of the markets and your competition is now looking less differentiated than you are by the number of reviews, then you're going to have to think slightly differently about differentiating your products. Today, I guess we're dealing with how to diagnose the problems. So I'll try and avoid falling too much down the rabbit hole of, of how to solve them. Now, competitors. Hmm. I think worrying about your competitors, not worrying about them, but being very aware of what they're doing and how you stand in relation to them is really important. And one of the things that I see people doing too much is comparing their own data with their own data, looking within themselves and their business, instead of looking outwards in the same way that your consumers will shop. Based on pricing, offer, the quality of the products, it's very easy when you've launched a product and had one out there for a while to, to get lazy at solving the problem of reduced sales. It means you may need to go back to basics, review who's buying this stuff, Try and work out what their real needs are. Are you really, really serving their needs? Is your product, and this is a critical one, is it now a bit dated or being copied and pretty much the same as what's out there? Or are your competition even worse, just producing a better product than you? In which case, go and order some competitive products and compare them with yours and give them to friends, family, if your friends and family happen to be in your customer target, customer type group, or try them out yourself. You put them around the office if you have them, bring them to a mastermind meeting. We've had that. It's quite fun when people turn up with their products over the years and we all try them out and give a bit of a sucky of the teeth and go, mm, this could be better. Packaging is part of it as well. If your packaging looks a bit tired or is not pinging off the page, that could be something if your competition's now got very uh, zingy colored packaging. So oranges and reds and, and bright blues can, can really ping off the page. So that is kind of a mix of a couple of things, the competition products themselves and the competition's listing. So coming to the listings, the thing that combines the listings and the products are the pictures, of course. So I would always encourage you to have some really bright colors in the pictures so that you can, sorry, in the, in the packaging and if possible, the product itself, depending on what it is, 
so that you can then take some photos that are within terms of service because they only show the product, but also have some color within. And that's an old tactic that has not really changed because it's still true that, that Amazon wants you to show what the consumer is going to get. And they don't really want you to be putting special badges and things on things. They're mostly against terms of service. Again, that hasn't really changed for several years. The amount they enforce it changes. Maybe you can use PicFu to, to test a, a, a packaging tweak or a color change to your product and just run a poll on PicFu, P-I-C-K-F-U. Very, very helpful before you then go run a bunch of expensive packaging printing or something. We talked about reviews and feedback. If you find that you, you know, we talked about the algorithm changing and reviews as a subset of that. If the reviews on your particular listing go from a, it's not so much the number of reviews in my experience, but if they go from an average rating, say 4.8, and you haven't got many reviews, maybe it's because it's early stages for that product. And the average rating drops from say 4.8 to 3.8, you'll find that a huge reduction in conversion rate, which will show up in the sales going down. Now, related to that, I think it's really important to dig into the business reports and you need to differentiate between sessions versus conversions. Is it a question of fewer people are seeing your listing? So that could be a question that's not ranking very well, or you've turned your advertising off. What drives sessions? In other words, people seeing it, is it advertising? If you turned your advertising off or you reduced your ad spend, you should expect to get fewer sessions and thus fewer sales. That is normal, I'm afraid. If you have been on a launch phase and you're gradually wanting to get to profits, that's standard. Don't delude yourself that you can have a reduced ad spend and the same set. If you're driving the same kind of number of sessions, which you'll see from the business report, and then your conversion rate is lowered, then obviously that is a very alarming reason why your, your sales have dropped. That's really something I would pay massive attention to. And again, is it the, the lower average rating? I've discovered really over the years uh, a rule of thumb that I work on, which is if you drop about half a star, there's 50% reduction in conversion rates. So if you have a five-star or close to five-star average rating, which they still show on Amazon, and if it goes from lo what looks like five-star to what looks like four and a half stars, I generally see the conversion rate will go from, say, 40% to 20%. And if it goes from four and a half stars to, say, four stars, I would generally see it halve again from, say, 20% to 10% which may mean that if you've got a three and a half star product, it's got a very low conversion rate and the economics are broken. If that's the case, you've got to start digging into the details. Now, why is the product getting a bad review? Is that the product itself keeps breaking or is poor, in which case you've got a problem that you have to solve on the product level that's going to be expensive and a pain. Uh, so you're either going to decide that it's worth it or not, but you need to dig into get returns sent back from your 3PLs or from Amazon to your house or your office, depending on your setup and do a deep dive on what is going on with the actual product. Bearing in mind that sadly, sometimes consumers lie about what's going on. Have they broken the product? Okay, you know, the odd person may do that. If there's a pattern though, that's probably a problem with the product. Now, something else, which is quite a different thing, is a mismatch between expectation and reality. And that may be around the quality, which is really bad, but it may be about something that you've put in the listing doesn't really appear in the product or something that isn't in the listing that should be. For example, this is not suitable for children. And maybe it wasn't clear from the listing that it wasn't. And then the person gets it and they give it to their child and their child breaks it or puts it in their mouth or something bad, right? In other words, you need to look at 
the negative reviews or negative uh, feedback of any description. So, you know, emails included. I mean, feedback in the broadest sense. And then you need to think about, okay, is there something I can put in the listing that will prevent this? For example, not suitable for children under five years old, or, you know, will not shield your, if you're selling, and then let's say insoles, last thing I bought from Amazon random, randomly, is not designed to protect your feet from athlete's foot or something. And once you get into the details, you know for yourself. In other words, if you're getting low rating, then you, you may need to look at the product itself. And you may need to look at the match between the listing and the product. So quite quickly, you can see, by the way, the whole, anyone else seeing their sales down? Why are their sales down? There are a whole host of things that lead to this and you need to dive into it. So the other one is pricing. If you are raising your price, then that may be very necessary to reach the point of profitability for your product or to increase the profits. That's fine, but you may find that goes with reduced sales. So the absolute unit sales may be lower, but the profits percentage may be higher. And maybe that reaches your goals or the profits in absolute terms may be higher. And that is a trade-off that can be very worth having, but it is normally a trade-off. If you increase the price, normally you get a decreasing conversion rate, which also means a decrease in your ranking on Amazon, because I think conversion rate is still really an important factor in my opinion. And you may get a lower click through rate as well. In other words, when people see the listing appear in the search results, they click on it. And what percentage of the people that see it compared to what click it, that's the click through rate. The click through rate and the conversion rate are really, really important signals to the algorithm to rank your products. So if fewer people are seeing your products and then when they see them, fewer people are buying it, that will lead to much lower sales. But if it's leading to more profits, then that higher price may still be the correct thing. So this really sort of starts to bring in the question at this point in proceedings of, is this really the right question to ask? Why are my Amazon sales down? It's not a terrible question. It's kind of an important question, but my question back to you is, what are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to achieve more sales or are you trying to achieve profits? And if so, what number are you asking for from the system? What do you need it to be? What percentage are you targeting? So I have some members of the mastermind, very experienced sellers, who target a very specific minimum gross profit percentage from their products or they won't sell them. Are you trying to achieve that percentage or do you need to shift a lot of stock through for cash flow reasons? So once you've got an objective clear, then you can look at whether what's happening works for you. Um, another reason why you run out of sales, normally this would be falling off a cliff, is you run out of inventory and, and normally that means your sales stop, go to zero. Obviously that's extremely important to get on top of. Rather than worrying about why are my Amazon sales stop, if it's really obvious stuff like I've run out of inventory, the better question to ask yourself is really, how can I stay in stock with my best sellers? Not with everything, because most stuff doesn't matter. Most stuff won't move. If you've got a, a, a product catalog of 100 things, you, you start to see 80-20 rules, distribution or zip power laws, you want to be more precise, appearing everywhere, which means that quite a lot of your stock will never flipping move ever. And that's a big problem. It's just stuck. And the answer to the question, why is that not selling is because the market's told you it doesn't want it. So that is a different problem. Okay. But if you've had something that sold well and it's gone out of stock, then it's obvious. Why has it stopped selling? So instead of obsessing with micromanaging that question, go and work super hard on predicting better how much stock you need and getting enough capital to get the stock. 
So in conclusion, there are lots of answers to the question, why are my Amazon sales dropped? And I think that is an important question, but only as part of an overall picture. If you are trying to answer this in isolation, then it's a very reactive question. But why is it lower than yesterday is kind of a terrible question because it implies you're looking at this day to day. And whilst you should keep an eye, you know, have you run out of stock? Have you, have you had your listing suspended? Has something awful happened? Yeah, you've got to keep an eye on day to day for those sort of very crass, basic thing. But other than that, I think day to day is a very bad metric because it leads you into the wrong mentality that, that goes up and down in a reactive way to the market instead of recognizing that day-to-day -day and week-to-week -week fluctuations are standard. Seasonality is a standard thing, as we discussed. And what you want to be doing is looking at the longer-term trends. Now, if the year-on-year sales trends are down, then I really want to know about that, in which case then the, the right questions to be asking would be market size versus market share, which is another critical um, question that, again, most people don't think of. So the market size is not about your business in isolation. Once again, that's a sort of mentality error, in my view. You need to do what a consumer does, which is look at the whole market and then pick out the stuff that they want for their reasons and seems like value to them. It's relevant to them. It looks like good quality, good pricing, so forth. So what you need to do, I think, is, is look at the market as a whole. And for example, for the keyword, I don't know what iPhone holder, because I'm just looking at one here and see, has that market as a whole, has the keyword demand gone down? Maybe it's no longer a fashionable thing. Maybe nobody bothers with that product these days or not as much as they did, or is the keyword demand up, but the, the revenue's down. So people are buying the same amount of stuff, but maybe cheaper versions. So the revenue goes down, for example. Only then can you answer the question of whether your market share, as in your percentage of the sales is down or up. So for example, if there's a product that like, let's say, I have no idea, but let's say iPhone holders sell $500,000 worth a month in the USA. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, I'm guessing. And let's say you sell 5,000, well, you've got 1% of that market. If the market has shrunk to 400,000 a month, but you kept your sales, then actually your market share, your percentage of the sales that are available has gone up. So even if you're just static in your sales, if your market share has gone up, that's actually a win because at some point, if the market starts to reinflate, particularly if it's driven by recession and you keep your market share, your business is going to grow by default. As they say, the rising tide raises all ships. But <clears throat> if a market is um, growing and your sales are shrinking, that's a really bad sign because you're losing market share to a competition. So a simple market size and market share analysis can help correct that. And again, the right way of thinking, in my opinion, isn't your sales relative to your sales historically, it's your sales relative to the market as a whole. If you lose market share over time, there's all sorts of bad things that happen, especially if you're a leader in a market, that's what's called a star business. If you're in a, in a growing market and you are the leader, in other words, you sell a lot more in revenue than anyone else in that market, then you are the market leader. And that's going to be potentially very value, valuable business. You can sell it for a lot more money. But if you lose your leadership role, then you've lost a huge amount of the value of your business. I don't mean in the abstract way. I mean, it is worth less cash if you try and sell it to somebody, the business, I mean. So I think that's an underlooked at uh, metric, market size, market share. So let's pull this all together then. Why have my Amazon sales dropped? <laughs> so hopefully we've covered those, those basic questions. 
seasonal variations, algorithm changes, competitor analysis, super important. Your listing and the conversion rate. Customer reviews may, may be damaging you. The sessions versus conversion. So is it a traffic problem or a conversion problem? And that's really important. Is it about pricing? Is it about inventory management, especially going out of stock? And then is a question of the market you're in shrinking or is your share of the market shrunk? But above all, I would say, whilst you need to take action to improve your Amazon sales, no point in doing it for the sake of it. I'm going to come back to absolute basics here. There's only one reason, really, when you boil it right down. There are kind of two reasons to run a business, but there's only really one, right? The two reasons are to get paid cash now so that you and your family can enjoy a lifestyle or to build a valuable business that you can sell in the future for one big lump sum, preferably both. But here's the truth. The only reason somebody else will buy it or that you and your family may want to own it in the future is the cash flow. In the end, a rational analysis of a business asset is valued based on cash flow. It's true for commercial property, not residential property like the Flatman here. That's a bit more irrational in how it's valued. Commercial property and businesses are valued based on the cash flow they will generate in the future. That's it. Free cash flow, right? Now there's profit, but shows up in your bank account. Let's put it that way. So I think you should be running your business to have that as a primary financial objective. And then sales just lead into that. So the question of why have my Amazon sales dropped is not a terrible question, but I think it needs to be part of the bigger context, which is, is what's happening driving my business value and or free cash flow, which should be very closely related anyway. And if it is, I would say you're on track, have your own plan and your own uh, objectives. And if you're not on track, then you need to get back on track. But a reactive question, like why are my Amazon sales dropping as opposed to, are we on track to our plan? It, it always worries me because being reactive and I, I'm like this as well, naturally, so I'm not any better than anyone else maybe even worse, but I can tell you for free that the people who do really well have a plan. Life never goes to the plan exactly, but you got to have a plan, correct course as you go, pivot if you need to, but overall have a direction and a plan. And reactive thinking is not going to help you. So being you know on the case and, and observing what's happening, great. Asking questions like, why are the sales done? Good but it's got to be part of a bigger plan if you're actually going to succeed rather than just feel buffeted by the winds of, of the e-commerce markets because there's always something going down. There's always a recession. There's always some crisis in the Middle East. Obviously, like everyone else, I feel terribly sorry for everyone involved in, in that situation, but that is the latest in a long string of stuff that comes out of the Middle East or there's always geopolitical shocks. Maybe China will fall out with America. Maybe you'll get tariffs imposed on your products that you didn't have last year. There's always something happening. Staying on top of it is really important, but I think having an overall plan and being flexible and asking questions in, in order to stay on track, in order to get the result you want, as Dan Kennedy put it, you know, everyone is so conscious of the alligators when they get in the swamp, they forgot that they got in the swamp to get to the other side. I like that very down at home Floridan wisdom. I've never been to Florida, but I like the thinking behind it. So just remember why you got in the swamp in the first place. By all means, ask the questions, but, but remember that you're there to achieve a result. And if the questions get you to the result, great. But don't sit around stressing in a reactive way. Diagnose what's going on and then take action.
So sneakily, this is really a kind of mindset podcast. I think even though it's immensely practical and it's a question that yeah, we go through every day and this is a bit of a quick checklist, in the end, I think some of it is more mindset than you might think. Okay, hope that was useful, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Speak to you soon. Do you want to grow your business bigger and faster? A free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find missed golden opportunities. I generally charge per hour, but this would be free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing a few thousand dollars a month in sales already. Just visit myamazonaudit.com. That's M-Y-A-M-A-Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T.com.